Hotties, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and I am very excited this week. Of course, this is our, I guess, technically our fourth week in a row for Buy Plus Awareness Month here on the show, and I know this show is dropping on October 1st, but we had to cram one more in because reasons. <laughs> I don't know. There, I, do I need a reason any more than uh, visibility is important and awareness is important for all facets of the LGBTQ uh, community? Um, and yeah, I think that's a good enough reason. So we are continuing by Plus Awareness Month on the show, wrapping it up here. Uh, started off with M. Fear. We had Russell Rogue. Keita Murray last week, outstanding. All these shows have been outstanding, um, whether talking about themselves or about other experiences in pro wrestling that highlight bi-plus uh, identities, queer identities all around. Uh, and this week, we are going to close it out with um, a person that I've been wanting to talk to for a little while now, ever since she came out in June as pansexual during Pride Month. Uh, one solo darling, uh, one half of the Bird and the Bee, near decade-long career in the ring, continues to tear it up on the indie scene. Um, and you know, I thought seeing her post her message and and show her truth out was a, a very powerful statement. Any time someone is able to to come out publicly comfortably and and put themselves out there for the first time, that's a very freeing experience. And, you know, I was very happy to have the chance to chat with her about that experience, as well as, you know, her experiences um, as being someone who identified as bi, uh, bi plus um, prior to coming out and just kind of hearing um, her experiences and, and, and learning from that as well. I think there's a lot in this conversation for all of us to learn from and to better understand Solo um, in a lot of ways. Uh, just outstanding conversation all around and I'm very excited for all of you to hear that but before we get there I need to take my pro wrestling hat off for a second and find uh, my MMA hat for a second because um, this show is a pro wrestling show but I do also cover um, other combat sports for out sports uh, MMA being one specifically UFC from time to time. Usually it's only whenever Jessica Andrade or um, uh, Amanda Nunes are fighting. But uh, I think there, there was a moment in the past uh, two weeks that really needs to be spoken about uh, because it kind of speaks to the UFC's corporate philosophy when it comes to inclusion and when it comes to the treatment of marginalized communities. Of course, I am talking about Colby Covington, fighter who has been making his name over the past few years by currying favor with alt-right groups and um, alt-right talking points, um, you know, wearing a MAGA hat to troll the libs, um, and really just preying off of a uh, an audience that engages with UFC that, let's be real, like, embraces a lot of these ideas or at least the the method that is being applied whenever Colby is expressing these ideas and I know that Colby says it's it's a gimmick it's a meant it's meant to draw ire from fans to generate into pay-per-view buys um and in that instance it's worked uh sadly I mean you know being a pro wrestling show we are not uh <laughs> really unfamiliar to wrestling personas that are meant to make people spend their money to see someone that they love to hate get their comeuppance. Um, and that's that's completely different from what we're seeing with Colby right now, though. Like, yes, there are people in pro wrestling that are problematic and that are flirting with these same ideas and these groups and expressing the same kind of racist, um, bigoted messages that Colby has been uh, putting out there since 2017 at this point. Um, but MMA is a completely different thing in, in that it's not a predetermined storytelling thing. Like, there's no... like 
Colby Covington makes himself into the bad guy. So much so that he becomes the bad guy and remains the bad guy post-fight. Um, to the point where, you know, like, there is no separation between the, the Colby at a UFC post-fight press conference, you know, running down Kamaru Usman the way that he was and, and calling Tyron Woodley uh, a Marxist and and a, and a communist and all this other stuff because he supports the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, there's a vast difference. And what's most, what's more frustrating, honestly, for me, as someone who has watched MMA for a long time is watch the popularity of this sport kind of ebb and flow as it's kind of flirted more with regulation and, and wanting to be accepted on a mainstream level and is in many ways um, attained that goal. Um, Colby Covington is a problem. Colby Covington, the way that, what he says and the way that he expresses himself and, and the, the words that he uses and um, the way that he dog whistles um, so many people that are ripe to spew the same kind of hatred and have the same views that he does in these press conferences um, they're bad but Colby Covington is a, symp- a symptom a symptom of uh, a philosophy that the UFC and Dana White as its uh, head man have really been putting out there for a long time. I mean, you can search MMA on our site at Outsports and you'll find multiple stories of UFC fighters um, expressing transphobia, homophobia, all kinds of xenophobic language out there. And some get punished, some don't. Usually that depends on how many pay-per-view buys you can generate for the company and for Dana White. I mean, let's be real... Um, Conor McGregor didn't get punished for saying homophobic things. Uh, Ronda Rousey, whatever you know, she says some transphobic stuff about uh, Fallon Fox. You know, Joe Rogan has been very uh, put out some very transphobic language and transphobic comments on his podcast. Um, and not enough people really talk about the UFC as a whole when it comes to this sort of thing and and how it has built this atmosphere where characters like Colby Covington feel completely comfortable and the problem would end there if not for you know Dana White and the company's continued engagement with political figures who continue to uh, help perpetuate a lot of these prejudices that many marginalized fighters marginalized people are fighting against right now it's immensely frustrating to see because it really makes you realize that UFC isn't a, a place for us. As, as many times as we can celebrate Amanda Nunes, uh, you know, defending her championships, or Jessica Andrade showing up and, and delivering a stellar performance, or even like a number of the the fighters of color who have held championships, who currently hold championships in that organization. Um, no matter how many times we celebrate them, it all comes back to the UFC being a company that has not issued a statement um, on the Black Lives Matter movement in the wake of the protests over the past three months, uh, three plus months at this point. Um, They're a company that regularly showcases a um, (laughs) a sizable difference in promotion when it comes to... uh, fighters of color and queer fighters um, as compared to white fighters or fighters who are easily uh, ready and able to jump on the MAGA train wherever they need to. You know, there's a reason why you hear so much about Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal right now um, because, like, they are willing to put themselves out front alongside the Trump administration, you know, Colby Covington was at the debate this week um, as a guest of President Trump. Jorge Masvidal is accompanying Donald Trump Jr. on a little mini tour of uh, Florida this weekend, uh, culminating in an event at America Top Team. Um, 
where there's sure to be more fighters there to support the the Trump campaign and it's really frustrating to see because you would hope that a company that wants to curry appeal with so many different audiences and really achieve a mainstream audience um, you hate to see the kind of um, attitude that they continue to put out there in, in 2020 at this point and you know it's probably not going to change fortunately but uh, we need to talk about it because I agree with Andreas Hell of uh, Sporting News and Dazone like I, I if you haven't read his piece in Sporting News about this whole Colby Covington situation and how it is reflecting a history of issues with the UFC um, and Dana White, I suggest you go read it. I mean, Dana White couldn't even answer a question about Black Lives Matter at that post-fight press conference from another reporter. It's it's a sad state to see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not enough people in the MMA media are talking about it. Um, I agree with Andreas on that, and I just wanted, as someone who covers MMA, nowhere near to the extent that a lot of other people do, um, I I still consider myself part of that media family in a small way, and I needed to lend my voice to this. Well, now that I've said my piece for now on that, because I'm sure there will be other chances to talk about this because Colby Covington is not going away, the UFC is not going away, and their attitude is not changing. From what I can tell, it's not going to change towards these issues. So, um, That being said, let's get to some more positive stuff here today. Let's jump into our conversation with Solo Darling. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I am very happy to have as my guest this week on our final uh, edition of Bi Plus Awareness Month on the show, um, someone who recently came out as pansexual but has been tearing up the pro wrestling scene for close to a decade at this point, one half of the burden to be, Solo Darling. How are you doing today, Solo? <laughs> oh, I'm great. One <laughs> <laughs> oh, weekend. Yes, it's lovely to lovely to be here. It was a fantastic weekend. Um, I got to wrestle with Billy Starks. Uh, she's adorable. She's so good, and it was just a lot of fun. Um, I sprained my hip, but. I'm, I'm going to be okay. They gave me uh, medicine for it and steroids. So watch out. I'm getting more jacked than ever before. There you go. We'll see. We'll see how that turns out. <laughs> you turn a negative into a positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the collective is coming up soon. So uh, Willow and I have about a thousand gears to make. So, you know, no pressure. Yeah. You got you get some time to work on stuff and you got plenty of stuff to work on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good place to be, considering that we've all been kind of dormant for months at this point. Yeah, right? And we're probably going to be more dormant coming up here, so it's uh, it's better get those projects ready. Exactly. I don't know what I'm going to do without a garden, though. Do I start it? I don't know how to do an inside one. I guess that's what I figure out. Quarantine <laughs> part two. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm curious. Like, I've, I've been checking in with a lot of my guests on the show, like kind of seeing how they've been handling things like during COVID obviously like you've been back in the ring recently in the past like month or so but previous to that like nothing was really happening so how have you been handling the COVID situation over the past six months uh I I don't I don't know if it's well but <laughs> um I'm a very like not sit still person so mm. I so that was a big struggle like not going out or not doing it like not being able to do the things and then like uh, with the two dogs, it's like we go out and do things. So I don't know what to do now, right? Like it's, it's the apocalypse and zombies are everywhere. And I don't know if my dogs are ready for that. So I didn't really know. I, I uh, learned how to do a garden and I grew all my own vegetables and that was really fun. And sunflowers grew and then I guess weevils took them. I didn't know that the weevils were like, that's a real thing. I had to learn yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I came home and they were decapitated and I was like, <laughs> I don't like they're too tall for like my wacky upstairs neighbor to have done something ridiculous so I was like I guess I 
I put this on Instagram, right? That's how I handle the situation. Because we've all just taken to social media platforms for, you know, existence. Um, and it feels like ages ago, right? When like we were all challenging each other on uh, IG stories to like do push-ups and squats and all that stuff. I feel like that was uh, forever ago. And then with everything that happened over the quarantine, I have since returned to school for a oh, master's. Nice. So <laughs> doing that. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing uh, applied positive psychology. Uh, specifically Dope. for wrestling so well, nice that, that's yeah. a really interesting idea actually like specifically tying that into wrestling like how how did you how did you kind of come to that idea for for yourself uh, it's, it was um it felt very natural uh we we all had speaking out and then multiple entertainment communities had their speaking out as well right because we all have friends and that are comedians and that are artists so every community started to go through that and I saw everyone's reaction and it was really hard. I think that was the hardest to cope with is um, everyone's lack of empathy. And then those that are trying are just kind of getting drowned out by those that don't even know the situation or just waiting to burn someone or right. All that like negative energy really impacted our house and uh, all those that are, you know, our family members in wrestling, right. It's just wrestle family is an easy way to classify that, that we're trying to like, let's, let's imply a code of ethics. Let's do this. Let's, and I saw all these things being handled and a long, long time ago, a mentor once told me, if you don't know who you are on the card, or you don't know your character, look at everybody else on the show and whatever's missing, that's your spot. And I have always been in love with love since that was my first dream. Right? I was like, I'll have a career, but I need to find my soulmate as fast as possible because I don't have a lot of time on this earth and I want to have all those memories with them. And that was literally like my first like real dream because I was like, I'm smart, whatever. It's so super cocky kid, super cocky kid. <laughs> I was, that was just, you know, I was like, of course. And, uh, you know, little do you know, it's like kind of difficult, but career, what? So I just took my love for humanity and I just decided that like, people aren't, gonna change being people and they shouldn't but they do need help and we all do and we bump our heads for a living and that causes damage you know and we sacrifice our lives for everyone for ourselves for our families for the people watching to give somebody else a break from the normal break from whatever's going on in their home we literally destroy our bodies for it and if it's really hard to call someone or take those extra steps, well, let's cut out the steps. Let's put a facility that will help people in our community. Let's, you know, get you a therapist and like not make it so taboo. It really isn't. Let's get everyone on cognitive behavioral therapy, which is mental workouts, just the way that we've normalized weird diets of just drinking shakes for a week or, you know, I have to do these crunches upside down on a forklift right like that's a new fashion like all these goat yoga that's a fashion we're doing goat yoga so let's also take care of the brain that runs the operation um and so i hope i hope to do that that's like a long-term goal where i'm still wrestling and following my dream but also following my dream like within it yeah yeah, yeah. channeling both into like the same direction in that way yeah yeah that's that's commendable that's a really i i think that you know i like you know speaking out was was a um a experience in, in many different ways uh for, for obviously in a very empowering one for people to be able to share their stories and and a very telling one for the pro wrestling industry to kind of look at itself and and how it's in in its relationship with you know people that have credible accusations against them and and these um kind of cultures of abuse that have popped up here and there and that sort of thing. Um, so I think that what you're talking about is a perfect uh, response to a lot of the people that are, are dealing with both survivors and people that have been um, accused and, and have now have an opportunity to grow and learn and understand that their behavior can be different. You know, I know there's like, there are some people that I've seen out there talking about like, like, there are some certain people that are beyond reclamation when it comes to this sort of thing. And, and I don't, I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to that. And it sounds like you don't either. Um, let me obviously, um, I don't know. Like it's, it can be like a case by case sort of thing, but I, and it's I, because they get lumped together, you know, exactly. And, and, you know, it's, 
that's the one back like detriment to movements like this is that a lot of things do get lumped in together um at the same time though like i'm glad that people are still keeping these things to the on the the forefront of people's minds when it comes to, the, to these issues and, and pushing people to make those correct changes in that way. Um, and that's one thing actually that I found was very interesting with, with you during that whole, that whole initial um, speaking out uh, movement or the initial wave of it was like, you were out there very vocal about empathy and about, you know, giving people the space to understand that they, that they fucked up but that they have a chance to grow and learn from those fuck ups. And, and I think that's a valuable thing to, to have, um, especially whenever it's so easy to move straight to, to anger. Um, yeah. Even if sometimes it's validated, it's still a very easy thing to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Everyone deserves empathy and it's really hard because um, a lot of people confuse empathy with sympathy or they're not really sure exactly because this is a very robust term, but, being able to understand where someone's coming from and where they could have gotten there. It does, it's not to excuse it. Empathy isn't to like excuse exactly. or condone. And so like, I hope to just keep kind of pushing positive messages out there. And I try to minimize all my social media use now so that when I do post, I can just be funny on Instagram and put some emotion out there. And then Twitter, I can just tweet some silly things or maybe just make a post like, don't forget to love yourself today. Cause not loving yourself or feeling you're not deserving of love is how you get to where some of these people ended up. And it's how you get to a position of where you are quick to get angry, you know, because you're also going to project those emotions because you want to be better. So you look at yourself and you tear yourself down and then someone else messes up and you yell at them. And it's just like this whole little circle of just madness. And so, and I hope over time, you know, we get used to that idea of it's, it's like cool to love yourself and others. And we've all messed up. And if we all put our worst moment, our worst moment online, like we'd all be canceled. And then, then nobody would be canceled. <laughs> Cause like we've all, we've all messed up. And a lot of us that are a little bit older have had the chance to mess up offline probably. And like have that redemption story and, you know, rectify what we could or make those changes. Um, and so everybody deserves that. Should they really want it? Should they, you know, obviously have the awareness to be like, Ooh, yeah, that was probably, that wasn't great. Let me fix that. And then have that space and time away from everything to do so. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, well, um, I didn't expect us to start off there, but it's a good place to start off. Honestly, like it's, 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 it's a very <laughs> heartfelt place. And, and there's a lot of heart in your story as well. Um, obviously back during pride month this year, um, you posted, um, uh, well, you announced via social media that you are pansexual. Um, and that was, you're coming out at least yep. to like publicly. Um, and that moment was, um, really, re I, I don't know, the, the response that I saw, um, one, it was very, it was very awesome to see and very, um, heartwarming to see but also like just i don't every time i see the outpouring that comes from the lgbtq wrestling community as a whole like it's just con it's like a, a little reminder exactly of like how powerful and how embracing that community can be i'm curious to, to ask you like what led to you finally like re revealing this to the world and and why did that moment feel right for you um and so i never really knew right like to have a, a moment. Um, I guess that's also, that also plays into my luck with girls. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I was, I was talking to someone I was with and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pansexual. They were like, you should absolutely like, you should say, it. have you not come out? And I was like, do I get to, like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. And I felt like, oh, okay. Like I, I can do it. I, I can have one of those moments and it was just one of those things you never really think about. Um, and it would have been like, it gets the first time it really come out to a lot of my family as well. Mm. Uh, so there wasn't like a moment at home. I, I had explained to my mom ages ago prior to their, like to my knowledge and learning about more sexuality and more fluidity where I grew up in a neighborhood where you knew bi. And so that's, you know, when I was really, really young, I knew I was bi. 
and then you know someone was like oh well this and I was like oh yeah that yeah that one I like that the yeah the definition of this is embodies exactly how I feel and you fall in love with someone's soul no matter what like it's just about that soul love uh, uh and I got really excited about it because then I was like oh cool I'm gonna like tell people and like my dog's dressed up and like we had a really fun time taking a bunch of pictures and I, I did bribe them with a lot of treats to hold those poses but I see um, yeah <laughs> they were like we get to eat treats and wear outfits this is wonderful um and I was I was a little nervous um I didn't have butterflies making that pose because I didn't really know what to expect and I was excited that I had an opportunity to have that moment because I didn't I didn't really know I'd get one so everyone's love online was just so wonderful and then people obviously asking the question of the differences and then other people posting links yeah. it was really nice that like there were people in there like ready it was like they saw it and they were like oh let me go to my favorites bar i already know <laughs> which was super helpful because i was how do i explain right the difference because for a while i i didn't understand the difference of it because i was like they both mean you know and so having the difference of of adding a little more inclusivity um, was nice because then I was able to broaden that past like you know the bisexual so I was like this is great and I have people online here helping me explain this because sometimes I'm not great with explanations of things so I thought it was wonderful yeah <laughs> like I really like the fact that you had that there were people like hopping in to be to explain things and and to like help you out with that sort of thing because like there is some confusion uh, especially for like people that aren't part of the LGBTQ community that yeah. the the differences between bisexuality and pansexuality like i identify by pan like i i'm like like the fluidity of it is something that i've i've really grown to embrace myself so i totally with you on on that aspect but it can make it hard to explain to other people um at yeah. times the differences so and i was really actually like the one of the the ones the post that stood out to me was never like you had there was like a thread of people talking about the differences and then like you come in with this like uh with the screenshots of like explaining like biphobia and and all the different like <laughs> things that are going on like in terms of like prejudice against the, the bi pan community or bi plus community um within even the lgbtq community itself because those things do exist and that's one reason why bi plus awareness week and bi plus visibility day is so important and why it happens every year in, in September, and and why I really wanted to highlight bi plus identities on this month's shows, you know, because like the more we talk about these things, and the more we normalize these these terms and these definitions, like the less we'll have to really post about like explaining these sort of things and and refer back to articles about biphobia as opposed to just the common definition and common understanding of what homophobia is. So, yeah. like, I thought that was really powerful to, to see how quickly both you and the people that were in the, in the comments are, are in the replies, like, jumping in and just being like, no, 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 this, 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 and just setting everybody on the right track. It was really, it was really awesome to see. Um, I'm curious, though, like, something you said at the beginning. I know we were joking before we went on, to, before we started recording here about, <laughs> like, how, you know, this idea of, like, announcing your sexuality to a lot of people is, can be a little bit different because like you know straight people don't do that you don't no. have people you don't have people just running out saying like hey everyone i'm straight <laughs> yeah i'm exactly. straight hello <laughs> like they're getting the mail and they're like oh, i'm straight what's up did you get the paper today yeah it's good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one has that moment and um there was there was a lot of growing up where i was trying to understand it and i didn't meet friends in the lgbtq for a long minute till like high school mm. and so trying to figure out what that meant by myself <laughs> um not that I couldn't have gone to my family but it didn't occur you know it just didn't I didn't really like talk about all that it was just yeah. kind of like yeah and you know my mom was just yeah yeah there's gay people like thanks mom <laughs> <laughs> what's the response been like you know? from from your family um great I'm, I'm closest with my mom and uh you know i i had told her ages ago when i, I was by and then she's I was like okay but you will you marry a man and i was like well uh that all depends uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, could go either way and then um <laughs> then the, i made when i made the post coming out um 
I made sure to block off time. You know, when you like make posts and you're like, I'm, I'm doing things, but I do need to engage. So I'm going to like post a picture. I'll let it, da, 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 and then I'll do, do, you know, do the dishes or whatever. But I was like, I'm going to need time to be active on this post just in case. Right. Like, so they could say nothing, but if there is like people asking questions or whatever, I, I do want to have time to kind of engage on that and set it, you know, reply back to everybody. And so when I, you know, I told my mom and she had asked about it and right away it was like going on Google and like looking and I was like, yeah, I'm like, we have our own flag. Like, it's cool. Like, you know, and just tried to explain the differences with her and sat down and just explain the fluidity. And, and she's like, that's great. Like, you know, okay. Like <laughs> she's just very supportive, uh, which is, which is awesome. You know? No. she always has online too she's like follows like all of my friends so she follows all these wrestlers and they just know it's her by her last name <laughs> you'll just see randomly like someone will message me like willow will be like oh your mom was online today she liked like 10 of my posts it's <laughs> <laughs> mom catching up on the news there you go um yeah so it's, and it's a strange thing too because there is that like uh when i did meet people it was like i was fetishized for it a lot of the times so there's a part of me that didn't really know how to be proud of that side of me where it's like, um, I mean, yes, like, do I get to like dip in the pool and like, do I get to join pride week or like join? Cause I'm celebrating people, but I never really considered to celebrate myself until like this year when it was like, <laughs> I came out and I was like encouraged to, um, cause it is kind of a thing where you just be like, you tell people that if they're interested in you and then they look at you and they're like, Ooh, so threesomes. And you're like, what? How did we get there? How did we get? Our food isn't even here. Like, yeah. our, we just <laughs> got water. <laughs> haven't brought the bread out yet. Right. The, yeah. You always get the bread and at least, you know, have a couple of warm up questions. So it's like, no, prob probably not with you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not it, but yeah. yeah. So, so like, that, and I, yeah. No, and that 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 I, that fetishization, I think, is another key thing that kind of that faces the bi plus community a lot of times, especially bi plus women. You know, like I, I like, it's it's immensely frustrating. I, I would imagine. Obviously, I don't have that experience myself, but I would imagine it's very it's a very uh, frustrating thing just from like the anecdote that you just told as well as like uh the experiences of many many other people that have been very vocal about that sort of thing you know and and that does kind of tie into like a better there needs to be a better understanding of these identities in in that way and um i think you putting yourself out there um and, and kind of like you know i know there are other uh pansexual wrestlers out there right now like obviously Imbi young and alley cat mm -hmm. very vocal and out front uh, with these things the more faces you put to this and the more people that they that people can um kind of refer back to um whenever it comes to these identities the better and honestly just just coming out in the way that you did i think has done a, at least a little bit to maybe curtail some of the those issues or at least bring some some awareness to them um but there was one thing that, that you mentioned earlier that I wanted to come back to real quick was you said like you didn't necessarily know if you could announce this, the, your identity and you could make like a coming out story or a coming out post or anything like that. What made you like kind of have that, that feeling that like maybe I like don't necessarily have, I guess for lack of a better word, the right to right yeah yeah because i didn't know right so delicate it's so delicate a topic um yeah and it i i think after the years of uh of experiencing that in relationships and you know kind of being fetishized that way um because it wasn't like just one like i've had partners like an ex of mine like literally had an argument with me because i he was like, I'm with you because you're bi. Like, what's the point if I Jesus can't? Jesus Christ. Yeah, what's the point if I can't? And I was like, oh, you got to go. Like, what are you talking about? And so I guess it felt more like um, like the struggles with that. It was like, maybe I, don't, maybe I don't tell people so that that doesn't happen. Or like, maybe I can't 
like maybe I don't join Pride Week and Pride celebrations because like I don't know if that is for me. Not because I don't want it to be, because like I want it to be. <laughs> but I, you know, then I was like, oh, I've just had these like experiences with it, um, so it didn't feel like real. Like it, it only felt realist when I've had girlfriends, and those are those like, you know, before wrestling. And then like a couple, like early on in my career, but nothing that would like, I was like active on social media at the time where people would be like, solo's dating so-and-so like, no, you know, nobody really knew anything back then. Like, so it was just kind of all quiet. And then I was like, oh, okay, um, I don't know. And I, I didn't really know who to go to or where, even though I have people all around me, it was just such a strange thing. I didn't know how to approach. And uh, there is that side of me that can be socially awkward. Like, like if anyone knew me in that bracket at high school, it's a good time to show my social <laughs> awkward skills. Who wasn't yeah. socially awkward? Well, it was a good school. time. God, good time. Yeah, what was I doing with my hair? Like, who let me out of that house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was just a lot of that, and uh, until I just was like, oh, well, all of my friends, right? We have, uh, like gay friends and I have bi friends and I have pansexual friends so it's like of course why would they because they would think that I am a part of it so I have to look at myself sometimes which also fits into the low self-esteem thing in general right you have to look at yourself how your friends would look at you and be like yeah they would tell me to like go out there and be proud and just say it and like join the movement and join in any way you can help and support because then I thought well if I say that and that helps somebody else then like that then it's all of course then why wouldn't I say that I'm pansexual because then someone else might hear and be like you know what I've had the same struggles or maybe I didn't know I could go out and say that I am as well and then they can come out and it just makes it a bigger party <laughs> <laughs> we want so exactly just gotta keep making <laughs> the family bigger yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I'm interested, actually, it's something that you, that you just said in, in your last response there, how, like, there was, like, almost like a sense of, um, like, a, a lack of the feeling of that, of your identity whenever, like, you weren't dating a woman at the time. I think that that's something that a lot of bi-plus people struggle with. Um, if, you know, a lot of people... It's, erasure can be very quick to happen whenever you don't whenever you're not dating someone of the same sex or the same gender um as yeah. yourself you know and like that like that i assume that for me at least and for a number of people that i've seen online that that can be a very very frustrating thing but did that really did you find that aspect frustrating um, and how did you like kind of combat those feelings within yourself? It, it was really difficult. And, uh, and I can't say that they're like a hundred percent gone either. Right. Especially the hard times in quarantine where you're like with you, yeah. <laughs> who you got you. <laughs> um, yeah. It, and I think too, like the choice of partner is something I took a long time to figure out what exactly I, I need from a partner. And, um, you know, when I, when I would date guys and it wasn't like a hundred percent, this is just like a, on a gradient. And if it was fetishized, that was one thing. Or if it was like, right, but like, you know, but you're dating a guy. So well, what does that mean? Right? Like, I, I like you, so I'm going to date you. That doesn't, that doesn't mean I'm not who I am, but then within yourself, you feel that doubt, right? Even though it's there and it is a part of who you are. So it was hard to combat in a lot of different ways, but I just, uh, would reassure myself that if the person I'm dating doesn't celebrate that with me, then that's not the person that's for me. So the gender, the gender doesn't matter, right? It's the person's soul, but that person's soul should really be proud as well. And not just kind of be like, well, yeah, I don't really understand it. And I'm like a dude. So it's like, whatever. But like, well, that doesn't help me feel myself, right? Like yeah. I would like that, you know, and I, I, I think it's easier when you do date people that are also pansexual or also right in the same LGBTQ community um, that can help. But 
it shouldn't have to be there for us to be proud of who we are. So I hope anyone that listens to this also feels that and can pull that strength from it, that the person you're vibing with should be celebrating it with you and not making comments or making, I guess, uh, like not insensitive comments or offhanded remarks because mm -hmm. that'll affect us because that affects everybody. And we should just be a little bit more sensitive to that to try to be like, well, my partner isn't really necessarily, she's new to this and she's pansexual. So I'm going to help her be proud of that. Like that's the kind of partner I want. Someone that is going to be like, let's do this together as a team instead yeah. of being like, so threesome. <laughs> <laughs> God help us. Like, <laughs> is there did i sign up for that somewhere is there like a club like oh the threesomes list yes 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 i'm Just sure that exists down. somewhere <laughs> <laughs> but yes it, it just means that i like love people for who they are that doesn't mean that i have a threesome with you i don't know where that comes in yeah but i always thought that was really funny about it and that was for a long time my introduction to it i was like God. oh uh, do I need to get good at that? I don't. <laughs> it's real confusing bringing up. I tell you, <laughs> I'm actually interested, like hearing, like that you saying that that was like in many ways like your introduction to this sort of thing. Like, because yeah. I feel like that would be a very, very frustrating thing to deal with, and will honestly might even curtail some people from really like expressing or, or embracing their their identity if in that way. Um, did you ever like really, what did that contribute to any of your struggles with really understanding and who you were and feeling comfortable putting that out there? On, I like, a, yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. Cause then I was just kind of like, I don't want people to just think that because I say that I am that like, that's like a guarantee. Like, is that what I'm offering or is that what I'm, I'm is that what I'm up for? Like, <laughs> <laughs> It, I don't know how to, so then maybe I don't tell people or like, I don't know. Cause then I, I didn't really know how to approach it at all. And there were so many, and because there were so many questions and, and bless my mother, she just wouldn't know if I had gone to her and been like, do I, how do I answer this? I also don't want to be like, mom, so I'm by, I'm like 12. And so I hear it's a lot of threesomes. What do I do? Right? Like I think uh, early on in preteen years and teen years when you're like, <laughs> Is that what that means? That doesn't, this doesn't feel like what it means. I think she would have been like, oh, I'm going to need more than Google. Like, <laughs> God, I can only yeah. imagine what that would have been like for, for a parent. Yeah, I, I spared her life of that. <laughs> Mom, am I supposed to have a lot of threesomes? I don't know. And that's just a lot of what I knew it to be. And then that's not what it felt like inside. Mm -hmm. And I was shy not like embarrassed shy, but I was like shy to where to go for info and um, had so many distractions that I just, I just stayed quiet. And I was always like, you know, I was in school and I had this paper coming up and this and this, and it's always like the next thing that you're doing. Uh, so I never got that time with myself to check in. And there were so many years of not checking in with yourself spent and being on the road and like it's show for show for show for show so you you're constantly working on that that you never get to really be like you know what like i'm proud of this or i'm this and that means this to me and over time dating people is that's kind of what dating is right you kind of like i don't need that or i would like more of that it's a shame it's gone and you know you just <laughs> pick and choose what you need and you find out exactly what you need so that finally you could talk to somebody and you'd be like yes i need these things and they could be like oh thanks for being so clear it's like oh it took me a long time to get here so <laughs> no it definitely yeah. does yeah that's it yeah i i i agree with you on, on on a lot of that especially when it comes to dating like that's that's probably one of the best like most succinct ways like dating has been explained to me in a long time I'm not gonna lie <laughs> just picking and choosing seeing yeah. what happens seeing what sticks, seeing what doesn't. Um, then you like reflect on it, which I hope a lot of people got to do over quarantine. Like reflect on your roles in the situation. A lot of time we will feel like we analyze our partners, but I took the time because a lot of the partners that I had couldn't give me feedback. 
You ever like, you know, the exit survey on Patreon? Oh, why yeah. Are you, why are you leaving the site? Well, not enough content. But there was never any, like, feedback for me where it was like, it was always like, you're great. And I was like, that doesn't, I, so I would analyze myself and be like, did I like how I turned into, like, what I became in this relationship? What triggered me in this way? What kind of partner do I want to be? so that I get the things I need and I'm also happy with my partner and I'm able to accept them completely because like they're gonna do whatever and you know you basically find someone whose flaws don't bother you <laughs> right like you all right I'm fine with this I you know what this is cool you're yeah. you're bullshit I'm good with it I like that <laughs> and then and, you know and you work together and you build a team right like that's one idea of like a relationship so I took that time to analyze it and that's where a lot of that I do need that support and I do need that development or someone at least that understands that because I didn't have the, I don't even know what questions to ask. Right. Like I'm 33. I was like, Oh, where do I even start? Uh, it's a big book. This is a <laughs> book, of, book of five plus pansexuality. Oh, yeah. chapter one threesomes. Yeah. So, <laughs> always chapter one. <laughs> always chapter one. They just right out the gate. And so um, a lot of that analyzing of the type of person I want to be, be inspired by, feel like, what is my ultimate self, right? That's all going to make the partner happy too. So knowing yourself and really like getting in with yourself, don't yell at me, Loki. She's always yelling at me. <laughs> More treats. Like yes. getting in with yourself and then being like, yes, I'm this. And then them being like, hey, I'm a counterpart and I also understand this. So it's like, oh, well, then there's the fluidity between the relationship that I believe you need with someone that may not necessarily know the whole scoop. Mm -hmm. Ma'am. Ma'am, we are recording. She just wants to be heard. I know. She's so cute. Gremlin. <laughs> she's a little demon dog. No. She is. I fed her after midnight and I've paid ever since. Is that why she's named Loki? <laughs> Aptly named. Yes. yes. <laughs> I knew when I set eyes on her. Kayfabe. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> The mighty kayfabe we struggle yes. to learn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of kayfabe, though, I am curious. Um, t obviously, like you announced this to the, the the public there, but had had you been um open like in wrestling circles before this before that announcement? Um, only with like people I knew, or if it came up, or like if I was talking with friends. Mm -hmm. Um, I also. <laughs> I'm not always like real smooth in convos. Oh, I don't know. You picked up on that by my energy here. That's but like, right. <laughs> it would be like, uh, if we're all like out hanging out and drinking, then I'd probably be like, you know, someone would say something and then I could be like, yeah, I'm pansexual. Like out of nowhere or just like <laughs> drop it. But otherwise I didn't really have like, I didn't really like name it to people unless they asked or, and, uh, and I, I've never dated a female worker. Hmm. Much to my dismay. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't know how to like, right. And I also like, I didn't have an official out. And I guess that was my own like inner turmoil of not having an official coming out, but not knowing I should or could. And then having crushes on my, but then I'm also like working with them. And then I was like, oh man, if they're not like, that's going to be, oh, I'm going to, uh, I don't want to make this awkward because then I would ha obviously have crushes. Like, have you seen the women we work with here? Like, come on, <laughs> let's just, I'm being polite. Like, woo, hot, beautiful, smart, funny, like all the things. And you're just like, I would like to say something. <laughs> and then I would just like, I'll just get you a beer. And it's not safe. <laughs> I was not like the worst, the worst. Like it was just, a, it's, it is a lot easier, right? If a guy is like more open to like hit on you or just guys are just shooting their shot because guys are just, you know, and whatever. And yeah. so it's a lot easier than in conversation when they, when they talk to be like, oh yes, and I'm this, you know, but like me hitting on girl, especially female workers is always like a big crash and burn. Not that we're supposed to hit on our coworkers, but at the same time it's wrestling. We all know what happens. Come on. <laughs> Let's just be real here. Right? Like. <laughs> Yeah. We all admire each other. And sometimes you want to shoot your shot. And then I turn into 16 year old me and I'm like, I am. Um, I'm glad you like my dog. <laughs> <laughs> so worse. It all sounds so, it all sounds so innocent. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, that's literally me trying to be like, you're pretty. 
So what's the yeah. response been like from the wrestling community post announcement? Um, now that we're back in lo- at least like, I guess some form of a locker room at, at, at these shows that you've been to in the past month or so, like what's it been like from your coworkers now? Um, everyone's super chill. Yeah. Everyone's super chill. Yeah. Like, no, uh, there hasn't been any like conversation or anything. Um, but also nothing's changed. Like I'm still me and they still love me. Or they love me because of, you know, Officer Magnum, Thor. <laughs> so, yeah. so either way, if they have me around because of Magnum, cool. Like, they, <laughs> But they still love me the same. So, like, yeah. that's great. Yeah. I mean, Magnum is pretty, pretty cute. He gets me out of trouble all the time. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and actually, like, knowing, like, seeing that announcement kind of brought me back to probably the, the last event at least that seminal event for like LGBTQ pro wrestling, but I would say a lot for any pro wrestling before the, the pandemic hit and a show that we talk about a lot on this show, uh, Butch versus score, because you were, you were on that show. Um, and this is po- like pre you coming out. So like, it's always awesome to see you and Willow on a show, honestly. Um, but n- knowing this now and looking back on that experience, that adds a whole new dynamic to it for, for you. I'm curious, like, what were you feeling at that show specifically knowing how, like how um, it was set up as an LGBTQ pride show uh, in the way that it was? And like, what were your, what were you feeling being able to, to be on that show? It was great. It also felt like, um, I don't know. I was just like really, I was so happy to be there and like Willow and I love wrestling and we love tagging as well. And then getting to support and being a part of the show was just so wonderful. And that turned out to be like our last match for the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, With, with Eel and Jordan. And uh, it was wild. Cause like, we for a while we all forgot what our last matches were because we were like oh really when did we stop wrestling when okay and then we stopped writing things down about this day so time stopped a week before so you just (laughs) our planners are all empty even though we tried for a while to write things down and so like a lot of us were messaging each other being like hey were we the last match like which was a wild thing to to go back and think about and um and getting to be a part of the show. And I love that, like that roster of people are so great and everybody's so like happy to wrestle. So like that locker room group of people was just so nice. And then getting, see everybody celebrate. And I don't know, it was just, it's such a positive environment with everyone that was on the card. Mm -hmm. So it was just that. And it was lovely because we got to just like watch the show too, right? Like we, we wrestled and then like I was out there, you know, pumped up, like watching it being a crazy person in the audience so it was nice <laughs> i mean that's something that you would hope that being a wrestler like that passion for the actual like craft and, and the product that i would hope that that would be something that you wouldn't lose being in like being in the business itself so it's, it's awesome to hear that you were out there just enjoying the atmosphere of it all uh, along with actually being in the ring and the main of that show Oh, Effie oh, and Faye? Yeah, the main of the show was Effie and Faye. And I did yeah. a write-up about it. I did a creative writing about it on oh, really? my Patreon. I was so into it. I was gone. Gone girl. Like, gone. <laughs> gone was girl. It, was there anything specific about it? that I, uh, I, So I, I wanted, I was very excited for it because I love those two humans. Come here, Loki. Come. Come join us. Yes, stop yelling. And, uh, I just decided I was like turning off everything, put the phone down, right? Everyone else will take pictures. And I just wanted to like completely immerse myself and just like let their charisma take over and just like not be solo for a second. And it was just like, they're just so magnetic as performers that they just like ate the room. And I was able to then like pull back and watch the room and then feel everyone's vibe from it. And like, I was kind of close to where the bar was, where they were at. So I was trying to be like sectioned off because I knew that, you know, fuckery was going to happen. So I was like, I want to be like kind of here so I don't have to go too far between the bar and the ring to see what happens because I feel like it's going to get wild. And just to see everyone being completely in it with them and then these two people just like going wild, um, they just had such good chemistry. And it's like they didn't have to do crazy moves. 
they didn't have yeah. to take things to the floor but they like were just themselves like loud and they were just able to have that freedom to be so loud and then just seeing what the match is and you look at the year and you could see how wrestling was and where we were ages ago and then you have Effie and you have Faye, right? So you, and in a main event, you have a gay man and a black woman tearing it up, right? That would yeah. never be allowed. Ages. And I'm just so proud of them and proud of everything. And them themselves as robust human beings, the way that they are, I just love them as people. So I was just like, this is so good. <laughs> I love wrestling. Like, and then they just had fun, right? Like they had fun. Oh, yeah. They did some wild things. There were dollar bills, I, I believe. And like, it was just great. <laughs> I was just like, yes, like they're just free. And it felt free. It felt free. Yes. Like that, the level of, of just free expression in that match, like was something that honestly embodies what pro wrestling honestly should be. Like it's just, yeah. It's just an expression of, of identity, an expression of pageantry uh, mixed in with, uh, you know, kicking people in the face from time to time. Yeah. Hey, Loki. Loki. Come here. Loki. I've lost her. I'm never going to get my mail this way. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure the postman will understand. <laughs> so I think, hey, come here. Come here. Loca, ven aquí. Carajo. Come here. So, like, the postman apparently, like, tried to deliver yesterday and then put dog loose in the yard. Oh, God. <laughs> which, by the way, weren't mine. It, this dog was even nicer. Our neighbor's dog upstairs, we share a yard, mm. has, like, the smallest beagle. Most innocent. Her name's Molly. And she's just this little beagle with big ears and sits there. And they're like, dog loose in the yard. Can't deliver package. And I was like, What? What do you even mean? That's, if it were my two that are yelling, obviously we, we can all hear them because Loki is louder than hell. But like, then I understand she sounds how she sounds. She just quit smoking after 20 years. I get it. She's a little scary. But like, Molly's just like, like at the door, <laughs> probably waiting to go inside. And I was like, yeah, this guy. But there has been an uproar in this neighborhood, the suburban problems of dogs getting loose and attacking the mailman. That's <laughs> It's been a real thing. And my brother got bit by a dog the other day. And I was wow. like, what? what is happening? And like, of course, that sinks in with this guy not wanting to come in the yard because of dangerous Molly, you know? Mm -hmm. Better watch out for that seven-year-old beagle. She's going to trot to you and lick you. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's kind of wild right now, I guess. They're rebelling. The, <laughs> the dogs are taking over. Yes. <laughs> Well, um, as we're winding down here, um, you know, earlier, like you mentioned, like takeaways for, for people, you know, both young and, and our age that are coming to, to buy plus identities and trying to better understand them and better understand themselves if they do like feel that they identify that way. Um, what would be um, your message to any like buy plus youth or people that are struggling with like whether how struggling with their identity um or like uh, trying to better understand themselves in that way what would be your your lasting message to them definitely talk about it find mm -hmm. someone that you feel comfortable with to talk about it or write about it at first and really follow your heart like really really follow your heart with that and it's okay to trust yourself i think a lot of the hesitation is like really trusting how you feel and then using outside perspectives to determine what you feel. But the way you feel is beautiful and that's real. And, and it's a hundred percent okay to like trust yourself and let that shine out. Like be proud of who you are and it's a wonderful thing. And that's the real way that we're gonna find true love and have wonderful partners in our lives that will teach us things about ourselves and like what we really need, right? And I wish that for everyone. If anyone ever has any questions or anything, they can always reach me. I'm, I'm open on my social media for anyone, even if we've not met, even if you're just a new fan or a new worker, you just started becoming a wrestler or anything like that. Cause we're all in it together. We're all on the same team. So, and I hope to, you know, help answer questions that I didn't get answered at first <laughs> and like go out if there were parties happening under safer circumstances, go out with people and experience that. And um, don't shy away from opportunities to be in the community with like-minded people. So that way you have other people that may have had those struggles too, 
that can kind of answer some of those questions instead of like chapter one, like I had. So <laughs> yeah, no one needs chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs chapter one, but, but it's a wonderful thing. It's a real thing. So if you doubt yourself too, don't worry. It is a real thing. Yes. But yeah. We are. It's a, a very real thing. We are I'm valid. Proud. Yeah. <laughs> well, Solo, thank you so much for, for coming on the show this week. Um, let everybody know where they can find you online if they do want to reach out to you about this or anything else. And also let us know, like, now that you're back in the ring, what do you got coming up in the next couple of weeks? Or what do you got coming up that you can talk about? Oh, uh, we'll be down at the Collective. Ah. We. And, yes. uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely for Shimmer. I know uh, Willow is on for the culture as well. There might be some other surprises. I hear there's a big gay brunch happening. Yeah. Someone might be booked on that. Maybe. Yeah, someone. And uh, if you want to reach me on Instagram, I'm most active on Instagram. It's at Regulation Solo Darling. Twitter's at Solo Darling. I don't know why I made them different. But if you type them in or Officer Magnum, uh, you'll find our, our Instagrams and our Twitters there. Um, he's, he's a little more active on Instagram these days. So I see. Yeah, but we'll, right. we'll take the DMs, any account of that, and just let us know with like a hello, I am a so-and-so, and then happy to reply and oblige. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, Solo. Yeah, thank you so much. Of course. <laughs> My thanks once again to Solo for coming on the show and, you know, sharing her experiences and, and just kind of, you know, giving us um, some insight into her coming out experience and everything that factored into that. Um, I I really... Like I said at the top of the show, I really enjoyed having the conversation with Solo and can't wait to see what she has in store coming up in the next few months as uh, she starts to get back into the ring more often, uh, maybe work out that strained hip. <laughs> and hopefully she feels better after that, her and Officer Magnum, whatever they get up to um, in the ring going forward here, starting with the collective and beyond. But that is going to close the book on Buy Plus Awareness Month for... Uh, this year it doesn't mean that buy plus awareness goes away though buy plus people are valid buy plus people um deserve visibility um yeah all day every day 365 and get that chapter one bullshit out of here <laughs> uh, but that's that'll do it for the month and that'll do it for today as well uh that's the end of our show here today Make sure you follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. Follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. And stay tuned to OutSports next week because we have a week's worth of coverage leading up to National Coming Out Day on October 11th. It's going to be a lot of fun stuff, jam-packed with a number of stories highlighting coming out experiences and the uh, the difficulties that come with that, but as well as the, the freeing nature, much like... Solo was explaining here today um, that comes with being able to openly express yourself in, in the way that you truly are. It's it's an outstanding stuff. Um, but uh, before we get out of here, we do have to say thank you to some people that helped make this show as awesome as it is. The Progress Pride Flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. And of course, a huge thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for our show's theme song, Formula 666. That's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. If you want to catch up on what Solo, Officer Magnum, and a number of the guests on this show have been up to as wrestling starts to come back um, amid the pandemic, uh, you can definitely check out that stuff on independentwrestling.tv. They have the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions like Beyond Wrestling, who Solo just wrestled for. Um, and they also have um, you know, a lot of VOD content. I know coming up this weekend, there is a, a planned watch-along put on by Riptide Wrestling over in the UK of uh, Butch vs. Gore, an event that we talked about yet again on this show this week because we can never not talk about Butch vs. Gore. But there's, there's going to be a live uh, watch-along there this weekend, on, I believe on Saturday. That'll be rad. And if you want to get in on that and watch that event along with a number of other awesome queer and non-queer pro wrestling fans, you can get a five-day free trial for independentwrestling.tv by using our promo code LGBTRingPod. 
or you can also visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT. Um, that'll get you five days free to peruse the site, watch as much wrestling as you possibly can, and then decide if you want to uh, subscribe and check out more awesome live new content, as well as stuff uh, going back to the 90s on, on there from all over the world. It's a great deal. Um, I use the service all the time. It, it's outstanding. Uh, once again, that's independentwrestling.tv. Use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT for your five-day free trial there. And then, of course, if you're into video games, I also co-host a video game news show alongside a couple of my good friends. That's called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. It airs live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment, sunlight the star. Um, we just take two hours out of the day, run through the week's gaming news, um, have fun where we can, talk about what we've been playing, and then offer critique and analysis of the week's news in video gaming. It's it's a fun time all around, and I really enjoy it. So if, if you want to check that out, it's every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, we've also been adding some extra bonus shows on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. There's been everything from uh, our video game history series, The History of the World, as well as some uh, Dead Sun crew play dates. I know we did some Jackbox party pack a couple weeks ago uh, we have some plans to do to check out the new season of uh, fall guys content as well as uh, maybe do some golf with your friends uh, some other stuff here and there we're kind of playing it all by ear just figuring out what we want to do with it but always a fun time um, check out twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment for all of that content as well and with that we'll say goodbye uh, for this week but of course as always y'all stay messy wash your hands Wear your mask. And someone pay Minoru Suzuki to forearm me in the face. Bye!